Hello and welcome to Switchbacks, a travel podcast where we reflect on our year visiting all 59 U.S. national parks. Whether you're planning to visit your very first park or you bleed gray and green, we're here to share our insights on exploring, understanding, and loving America's best idea. Thanks for tuning in. Today we're sharing a very exciting interview with Don and Shelley of 59nationalparks.com. Just before we left on our big trip, Don and Shelley completed their mission of visiting all 59 national parks in just over a year. Today we're chatting with them about their takeaways, that there are two dogs that went along for the ride, their impressively low number of arguments, and much more. Hi guys, happy election day. It's very gloomy right now. I hope that's not a sign. Um, you know, Americans have a lot of duties and we happen to think actually that national park visiting the national park should be one. Um, but today's is an especially big one. And we really, both of us really hope that you have gotten out there, voted, gotten your voice heard in some way today. That being said, we are going to go ahead and get started with today's podcast. It's a special one. Over the weekend, we got a chance to talk with Don and Shelley, who are travelers and bloggers at 59nationalparks.com. And talking to them just really brought back memories of the first time we heard about them. When we first had the idea to visit all the national parks in one year, we were living in Kansas City. We were out hiking on a small hiking trail. And we thought we had this brilliant idea. You know, we, we hadn't heard of anyone else doing something similar. When we Googled it, we tried to find anyone else doing this trip. We couldn't find anything. We were so, we felt like we were so original. And then about two weeks after we had this idea, Cole came across an article from the National Park Foundation that was promoting this couple who had, who was about to start this mission that spring a couple was going to leave on a mission that we thought we had invented <laughs> and they were from Kansas City where we were living we were shocked and we were also maybe a little annoyed at first but then we had coffee with them we met them and they were just about the nicest most generous people that could have paved this path of visiting the national parks in about a year Meeting them, I think, was really a lesson in in how we approach people. <laughs> you know, not not thinking that someone's going to take anything away from your life, but but considering what they might add to your life. And Don and Shelley have certainly added a whole lot to our lives. We can't thank them enough for all that they have done to promote the national parks, and we're so honored to host them here on our podcast today. So we hope you enjoy this episode of Switchbacks. Awesome. Welcome to our podcast, Don and Shelly. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Yeah, we're fine. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. So I guess just to start off, why don't you give everybody the 30-second elevator pitch of your trip? Well, from uh, April 2014 through June 2016, Shelly, I, and... Uh, a, a couple of dogs 
uh, went to every national park in uh, the United States. And uh, we had a great time doing it, and we, we miss being there like I think you guys do all the time. Yeah, absolutely. We, we definitely are feeling that. Um, so tell us just a little bit, why, why the U.S.? I know we had a lot of um, probably similar opinions on this to you guys, but why, why did you choose specifically the national parks to visit and not, you know, go romping through Europe or somewhere else? Well, I think it's important that we see and learn about our own country. I've been to Europe on a few vacations, um, so is Dawn. So we really help to better understand our country and our heritage. It's best to look best to tour our um, own national parks. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more there. That's, you know, it's, I think everybody should be able to know their own country in and out um, before, you know, thinking about all these different travels. Definitely. I, I, there's, I think there's something that I want to add to that uh, as well. The, one of the reasons that, that we pick the uh, national parks is uh, we, like many people, I think, have always enjoyed the wide open, wild places and have always felt like we never were able to spend uh, enough time there. And seeking what you could find in those kinds of places, we, we knew what those things were, uh, was very attractive to us. So getting out of the city played a big role in that. So you visited all 59 national parks from basically spring 2014 to summer 2015. Could you just tell us, maybe not about your favorite national parks, because we always get that question, and we always struggle with it, like I'm sure you do, but what about your favorite moments throughout the whole year plus? Uh, you know, I, I read your guys' blog recently about uh, your uh, 10 favorite uh, moments. And I think that, that for us, the thing that was different from what you guys had written and to a large degree, the, the book I'm attempting to write is what it's about. Uh, our favorite moments always involved uh, other people. For example, when we got to go to the grand reopening of the Washington Monument in D.C., uh, we just met some really incredible people that have had a lasting impact on us. And th there was another gentleman that, that we met, uh, California, California, in fact, I refer to him as uh, California Cool. His name is Richard Harrison. And we met him both at, uh, initially at, uh, going to Dry Tortuga. There's the dogs, our apologies. <laughs> uh, but but that's, that's us, right? Yeah. And then subsequently, we met him for dinner when we were getting, to go, getting ready to go to uh, the Channel Islands. And he's not just an acquaintance. So many of these people that we met are not just acquaintances and not just friends, but really friends for life. And that happened over and over and over again. And we really never anticipated that to happen. And we certainly didn't plan for it. And I, I want Shelley to follow up, too. 
And I, I totally agree with that. It, the first couple times when um, John told me that, uh, well, we're going to meet somebody I've been talk, exchanging with on Twitter, you know, you kind of get that, okay. Um, <laughs> but they turned out to be just awesome. And having the same love and passion for our national parks and getting the word out. Um, I think another thing that um, was one of my favorite parts was um, when we dealt with school children and talked with kids about the national parks. I think their new program, getting uh, kids out in the park. So that's one thing that we noticed. Um, a lot of times we didn't see many children out in the parks. Yeah, we felt the same yeah. way. and. We've gotten to talk to a few different classrooms since we've been back, and I know you guys did that too a little bit, and um, just makes the whole thing so much more meaningful, and it really drives home the message that, you know, it's going to be up to the future generations to kind of love the parks and uh, really care about the parks. And, it, you know, um, my generation as kids, you went camping in the park. Um, but families don't do that as much now. I think it's starting to make that resurgence, and that's fantastic. But um, it's, it's so important that uh, we get our kids out in the parks. Definitely. Um, so on your trip, what were some of the challenges or even low points of the trip? I know that it's, it's much better to focus on the positive things. But what are what are some challenges that you guys encountered? You know, the challenges almost always had to do with with travel. Uh, as you know, we were we were going to do uh, Alaska in uh, one trip, and due to the plane problems that we had out of Contabue that you guys didn't have, uh, we were darn it forced to go back to Alaska for a second time and finish up there. Uh, but then uh, we had, and we finally stopped using it. We had one problem after another that was uh, GPS rated or, or cause, and, and we ended up on some pretty dangerous roads uh, <laughs> to the point that both Shelly and I were just ready to park our darn camper and fly back home. Where was one of them? Uh, West Virginia. Okay. Uh, a state which Shelly has sworn never that she's going back to. <laughs> and, and I'm kind of with her there, although there's a couple more things I'd like to see there. And, you know, the we had never owned a, a camper before. We'd always been hotel people. And uh, getting accustomed to that and, and the, the day-to-day grind of pulling that thing around the country and trying to lead a fairly normal life at the same time, it was really challenging. Now, we learned how to do that, and we really enjoy the camping thing now, but it, it was a tough transition. Uh, th- those are the things that come to mind to me. I, I agree. Learning to live in the camper, I mean, when we first started looking at this trip, we started uh, looking at hotels, and the cost was extreme and a lot of them we couldn't take um, our dogs and our dogs are an important part of our life so that's why we made the decision um, to get the camper 
But I tell you, the first night when we, it was 29 degrees and we couldn't figure out how to turn on the heater um, <laughs> or how to get hot water, it was a bit of a challenge. And, um, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe we're back to hotels. Um, I used to view camping as a hotel that didn't have room service. <laughs> so, um, but you know, now, I miss being out in my camper, even in, and it really helped us realize we don't need the big four-bedroom house anymore. We found it amazing how well you can manage with so little in your life as far as material things and even space to live. Um, so that was a, a really cool takeaway that we had is just living that fact. You did, I was curious, you mentioned your dogs, and that's something that we didn't have at all. We didn't have any pets that we took with us, and I imagine it played a great, a huge role in your trip. Um, so first, who are your dogs? What, uh, <laughs> what, what dogs, what type of dog are they? What breed? And then um, how did they like traveling for a year? Well, we have two little mole pieces. Um, Bubba and Lily. Um, the first, it was funny, the first night we got to the campground, I took them out. And I said, okay, let's go home. Bubba headed right for the truck. Lily headed right for the camper. <laughs> and now, and I probably shouldn't say it too loud, um, if you say, let's go to the camper, she is excited to go. <laughs> she, she loves going. Um, but he, he kind of just goes with the flow. Uh, it was important to have them with us because they are such an um, important part of us and you know, that unconditional love. And on a bad day of pulling or getting lost, it was kind of nice to cuddle up with them. Campgrounds are very dog-friendly, we found. Um, people are very dog-friendly in them. Um, we seem to know Bubba loves little kids, so we knew everywhere there were little kids hanging out in the campground because that's where he wanted to go walk and stop and play. Mm -hmm. So um, we also, um, Lily had some adventures. She uh, tried to go nose to nose with an elk through the window. Um, and she, she was willing to take on all comers, but... Uh, Thing. She's a feisty little thing at three pounds. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> we met him one time, and yeah, they were they were feisty. I, we <laughs> we loved your dogs. I know national parks aren't the most dog friendly. So, would you have any like tips or advice for other people who maybe want to bring their pets to the national parks? Um, we frequently did not take them to the national parks. Okay. So. We usually stayed outside of a park uh, instead of uh, pulling the camper in, into it. And they're, they can be really loud to strangers barking. They're, they're not going to attack them or anything. And so we didn't take them very often, uh, maybe a handful. And then if we did, it was only for a short period of time. Uh, the, the parks are, uh, you know, less pet friendly than than the uh, commercial parks or even the state parks outside of them. 
so we learned that pretty quickly and while we were out doing their thing they they did their thing inside the camper for the most part but when we did take them they loved to go out for little hikes and get some good squirrel looking in and had a hard time figuring out how the squirrel could go up a tree and he couldn't <laughs> so how tell us a little bit about um i know the one of the biggest things that people always asked us after the trip was how did we not kill each other um and we had only been married for two years when we left how how many years have you guys been married uh when we left on the trip we had been married for 30 33 years wow so impressive and I, I can answer that question very quickly. We had one argument the whole time. Shelly was wrong, and I apologized. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's, um, I think, actually, we got along better on the trip um, when we didn't have so many other things going on in our, our lives that took our attention away. Or we were both just really focused on what we were seeing and what we were learning and what we were experiencing. Um, it was, I think, very good for good for us. He's actually pretty good at uh, figuring out where he's at out on out on trails, and um, he really, he enjoys hiking more than I thought he would. Yeah. Let, let me go back to the one time we had a fight. So this was in Shenandoah National Park. Uh, we were on a loop trail. When uh, we got on the loop, uh, we, didn't, we didn't go back the same way we came in. Uh, Shelly thought we were lost. I knew we weren't. <laughs> but she almost convinced me that we were. And, and she was not a, uh, quote, happy camper. On the, on the hike back up, but uh, we made it, and I, I do remember that, and it wasn't because we were so mad at each other, I do remember driving back that we, we were so exhausted that uh, there weren't many words spoken, but uh, everything worked out fine, nobody got hurt, There were no, we didn't see any bears on that particular trail, and everything worked out really well, and I, I'm not being funny when I say that we didn't fight, because we didn't, we, we had very few disagreements. Wow. And back to and back to the question about uh, epiphanies, if that's okay right now. The thing that changed for me, and I think this change started happening before, you know, I, I've devoted, and so is Shelly, um, uh, making a living, and not just making a living, but doing our best to be the best employees that we can and supporting the organizations that we work for. And I know that we both still do that, but it's far less important to us. Uh, and I hope I'm not speaking, I'm trying not to speak for her, but I know how she feels about it. Uh, that's far less important to us. And it, it gave me a perspective, really, um, you know, the how Shelly and I developed a strong, stronger relationship and how we developed these strong relationships with these strangers, really, and we stopped collecting stuff you know, I have a different perspective now on really what's important in life. And being, being uh, totally consumed by work is not one of them. Yeah, we couldn't agree more. Uh, it was 
it was really cool to realize that you know a lot of people have um, you know their a big part of their identity is their work and that's totally justifiable because it's a huge part of our daily lives and you know a lot of people are super successful in their careers and everything and one of the things we also realized is that you know maybe our work identities are are not as important to our overall identities mm-hmm. as we initially thought um so yeah you know because everyone we met we you know and everyone we really connected with along the trip it didn't matter what it didn't matter what they were you know where, what their job was that usually didn't even come up in conversation unless it was a ranger or someone whose job was obvious. But it, it all just really came down to their values and their, you know, their kindness and their um, just willingness to kind of open up and, and talk to us and connect with us. And, and that us- that's usually what it, always, what, it ha- what it always does come down to is values. Yeah, and, you know, you know me sitting here thinking about this, when we would meet people in the parks, and, and customarily, uh, particularly in America, when you meet somebody, it's the first question is, well, what do you do for a living? Right. But people we would meet, we would say, did you see this waterfall, or were you, did you have time to go down this road and see this or that, see that, or did you see the bison jam a, a couple of miles back? That's what we were focused on. And, and you could have a very long conversation with somebody before it came up, what they did for a living, which is totally unusual in our society. That's, I absolutely agree. I actually just wrote a a blog post on Thursday about this same topic and it's titled, So What Do You Do? And it's, it's, it's (laughs) literally exactly what you just talked about. It's, it's how, it's other questions we could ask people before we need to, you know, put their, place their status in the world in our, you know, in relation to our own, because, you know, that's not that everyone, you know, not that that's the intention. And usually it's a very innocent question and it's just the norm of what people ask when they're getting, you know, when there's a social gathering. But I think there's just so much more that we could learn about each other. And there's so much more, so many better questions we could, we could ask. So Shelly, did you have any epiphanies to add or um, maybe life takeaways? I think the biggest takeaway, like the one we just talked about, is how do we identify ourselves now? Um, unless I'm dealing with someone directly at the hospital, most of the time when people ask me what I do now, I say, well, I spend a lot of time being a nature photographer. Can I use that to get people to talk about going to the parks and trying to build their same enthusiasm for them. Yeah, I guess I just realized that we have no idea what you two are up to right now, what what your jobs uh, or, or, you know, what you do day to day right now, because we know you as the, you know, National Park enthusiasts national park photographers and you know our friends on twitter our talking about yeah 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 and, and that's how we connect with you guys so we love it and that's really how we we want to be connected is 
So you mentioned bears a little earlier. What are some interesting wildlife encounters that you had along the trip? You know, via social media, we, we have so many uh, close-ups of bears where it appears that we're standing right next to them. But the fact is we have a very expensive zoom lens. <laughs> and we, we're very cognizant, and we didn't have to be trained this, of respecting wildlife and staying out and not getting it not getting in a zone they don't want you to be in. Um, and and it, it was to the point that, you know, on social media especially, we, we got some blowback about some of our pictures for being too close to bears, but we never were too close to bears, uh, but one time. And in, in Sequoia, as you were walking down to the, the main grove there that everybody goes to to see the trees, uh, at the top of the path, there was uh, a female, a sow, with two cubs. And they had really great coloration. There was a big crowd of, of people there uh, looking at them. And uh, there, there really was, there really was, because of all the people there, there really was no danger of those the bear messing with you unless you mess with one of her cubs. And we, and I don't think anybody else is about to do that. And because of the crowd, um, you, you had to move to get a, a vantage, so we turned our backs and walked away from them to kind of circle around to get a better view, and Mama Bear took the same path, and when we turned around, she was right there. And it, it was the, the one time that, that we were too close. Um, and then you, you may know, and I'll let Shelly share a couple we, we officially finished this up, although we had done all of the national parks. We kind of had a finale uh, at the Badlands on uh, July 3rd and 4th uh, a year ago. And um, July 3rd, and it was a weekday, it was very warm, there weren't many people out there, and there was this huge herd of bison, uh, and they were, really there were two herds. And we were busy taking photos of uh, the herd that was right in front, they weren't right in front of us, they were quite a ways away. Uh, and not paying attention, the herd to the left got right up on top of us. Uh, and we hopped back in the car, and there was this guy who had parked behind us so we couldn't leave. And I'm going to blame him for the stampede we ended up in. Uh, he was honking his horn, and... Uh, but, there was a the stampede. They literally were on both sides of the car, and for about ninety seconds, we had no idea how that was going to turn around, how that was going to end up. And you know, though I, I don't remember being frightened about it. Uh, in fact, I took a little video of what was going on, but we probably should have been frightened about it. But I don't think we were. It, it was sure an interesting experience to have happen. Yeah, <laughs> those bison—they're sneaky. <laughs> And gigantic. It's amazing how quiet they can move. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. As big as they are. So, in uh, in one word from each of you, I want to hear something maybe that you splurged on during the year that was totally worth it. Lenses. Lenses. The camera. Camera. Camera lenses. Got it. Cole was just really confused there. Yeah. <laughs> 
I got it. <laughs> Here's my word. Anniversary. Oh, that's sweet. That sounds like a story. <laughs> well, you know, we, we had, like you guys, been living out of a can, and we ate very modest meals. We very rarely ate out. And we were on the road for our anniversary in Utah, and we went out and had a prime rib. And I can't speak for Shelly. It, it, it uh, I'm glad we did it, but i got to tell you, uh, I was feeling guilty about spending that much money at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was all worth it, I'm sure. It, totally. So kind of to wrap everything up, we were just wondering, so our, our listeners, you might be able to guess, some of them are just national park enthusiasts. Some of them are, you know, long-term travelers that aren't necessarily visiting the national parks, but are just traveling around. Um, so what is any sort of just, what's one piece of advice that you would like to give our listeners about anything, about traveling or about living or about um, just anything, anything that you'd like to give our listeners? I would say to be willing to go with the flow. Because you just have to have that flexibility that things may may not turn out the way you think they're going to that day. So you just have to say, okay, well, we'll do it tomorrow or we'll get to there tomorrow. Or I mean, just that's one thing that I felt, you know, well, we had to a semi-schedule and certain times we wanted to be places we also built in time to go and do some things that we weren't expecting if we saw something interesting that we wanted to spend a little extra time at um, we had that ability and it was there wasn't near you don't have to watch the clock near as much yeah I, I would say and we we talked to you guys about this. We didn't start out with with any particular cause that we were hoping to promote, and I that we met travelers who were doing that, and I'm not opposed to that absolutely. But um, those really came along the way. But the the thing that the thing that really motivated us, I think, to do this was. And a message we, we did talk to people about, particularly school kids when we talked to them, was if if you really want to do something, uh, just figure out a way to do it and take the risk and go for it. Um, and, you know, you talked about epiphanies. It, 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 to me, compared to how I've lived much of my life, uh, it's... I'm much happier when when I have those things in mind when I wake up in the morning than when I don't. And you know we're we're going to do it again. We're not quite sure when it's going to happen, but it'll be happening pretty soon. Well, that is so cool. I I couldn't agree more with you on everything you said, basically, and. I can't wait to see what you do next because yeah, we're going to be following. Um, I wish we had more time to talk, but that's going to wrap it up for the interview. Um, so thanks so much for just sharing everything with us and with our listeners. It's always cool. I, I love hearing travelers' stories and just talking with, with people who 
do things differently and think a little differently. Yeah, really quick, do you mind telling our listeners where they can find you? Uh, well, we're, we, we pretty much own the domain 59 National Parks, which we intend to keep whether they have 69 National Parks in a couple of years. <laughs> so Twitter, Instagram at 59 National Parks, and uh, our, our blog, which is kind of quiet right now, but that won't last, uh, 59nationalparks.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Don and Shelly. Hey, thank you guys. Stay in touch. Will do. We will. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking us out today. We'll be back next week with our top 10 day hikes of the NPS. If you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love for you to share us with a friend, give us a a rating on iTunes, find us and find Don and Shelly on Facebook and Instagram, etc. You can always get more National Parks videos, posts, guides, and more on our blog at switchbackkids.com. Switchbacks out. Switchbacks out.